As we take our seats, we're turning together in God's Word, and we're turning to the Gospel of Mark this evening, the Gospel of Mark, and to the chapter 15. Mark's Gospel, and the chapter 15. And during these past number of weeks, we have been looking afresh at Calvary and comparing the different Gospel writers and just looking at some of the details surrounding the cross work of the Saviour. And tonight we come to Mark chapter 15, and we will make reference as well to some of the other uh, Gospels. Mark 15, and moving down to the final section of the chapter, we're going to break in there at the 39th verse, Mark 15 and the verse 39. And when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the less, and of Joses, and Salome who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. And now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came, And went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead. And calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulchre which was hewn out of a rock, and rolled a stone onto the door of the sepulchre. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joses, beheld where he was laid. Amen. We land there at the end of the chapter, and may the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading of his own precious and infallible word. Amen. We're going to turn together once again in the Gospel of Mark to that 15th chapter. Mark's Gospel, the chapter 15. And as I mentioned this morning, I want to come in the Gospel this evening to consider the women at Calvary. The women at Calvary. And if you look there in the verses 40 and 41, you will see reference to the women at Calvary. Verse 40, there were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the less, and of Joses, and Salome, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him, ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. 
With these verses before us, we're going to look to the Lord and ask for his help as we consider the women at Calvary. Our gracious God and our loving Father, we do thank thee tonight for the blessing that this meeting has been to our hearts already. We thank thee, O God, for these great gospel hymns. We rejoice, O God, that our hearts can go with the very words that we would utter. And we do thank thee, our Father, for the fellowship that we enjoy with our Lord and Saviour. And we pray that even tonight as we meet around the open book, that thou thyself would come by the power of thy Spirit and make thy word, O God, to be a blessing to each and every heart. Encourage the hearts of thy children. Grant, O God, our faith would be increased. And if there be any who are outside of the Saviour, even this night, O God, that salvation would visit this house, may it be to the honour and to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we ask these things. Amen. Well, we could not underestimate the powerful role and the influence of women in the Bible. Whether you think about Eve or about Esther, whether you think about Ruth or Rebecca, or whether you think about Mary or Martha, so many prominent women in the Bible that have that role given to them. Many of the women, of course, in the Bible are not named. And when you look to the end of verse 41, it says, And many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. And so there's just a general reference there given to many other women. And even though they are not named and they're not known by the world, they're known to God. And God knew each and every one of those women, even though their names did not appear in the scriptural record. And of course, we know that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And so it's no accident that their names are not there. The omission of their names is perhaps to represent that great band of faithful women down through the generations. Those who have been faithful to the Lord. Those who have been faithful to the gospel and faithful in the home and faithful in the family and to the uh, world at large. It goes unnoticed. But not by God. God sees each and every one of them. And what a powerful influence the women have. William Ross Wallace was not far wrong in his poem when he penned those words, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. The influence of the mother. Over in the book of Proverbs, there's a whole chapter devoted there to the godly woman and the different qualities there that are spoken of in relation to those godly women. For example, in Proverbs 31 and the verse 10, the question is asked, who can find a virtuous woman? The woman of virtue. And that verse of Scripture goes on, for her price is far above rubies. 
And that woman of virtue is a woman of value. You couldn't put a price upon her. Her price is far above rubies. Verse 11 shows that characteristic of trustworthiness in such a woman. It says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. My, the husband is able to trust her implicitly there. Another characteristic in verse 13 of Proverbs 31, it says, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Oh, a woman of industry, a woman who is a willing worker, and we could go on and on in Proverbs chapter 31 just to see those qualities and those characteristics of the godly woman, the woman that God himself puts an honor upon. It is not surprising, therefore, that when it comes to Calvary, we find that there are women present. The reference is made to the women who were there when the Lord Jesus Christ suffered in agony upon that center tree. And in fact, all four Gospels record the fact that women were at Calvary. We have spent a good number of weeks in Matthew chapter 27. And in Matthew chapter 27 and the verse 55, we have the parallel verse to our text. And Matthew writes, And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him. Many women, Matthew says, they were there. We have read our text in Mark chapter 15. If you were to go over to Luke's gospel and to chapter 23, you have there in the verse 49, and all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding these things. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke all together tell us about the many women who were present there at Calvary. And even in John's Gospel, the chapter 19 and the verse 25, it says, Neither stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. And so John records there were women there. The group of women who were there at Golgotha's hillside. And our focus this evening is really on Mark's gospel, the chapter 15, and those two verses, verses 40 and 41. And we want to look here at the women at Calvary. And firstly, I want you to think about the distinction of these women. The Gospels tell us, as we have seen already, that there were many women. There was a sizable group of women. But many of them are not named. But when you look there at the verse 40 of our text, you can see that there are those who are named. There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, she's named. And Mary, the mother of James the less and of Joses, she's named, that's Mary. And then at the end of verse 40, it tells us that 
Salome is there as well. She's named. Now, if you were following there a moment ago in John 19 and the verse 25, it it adds to the number that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there and she stood by his cross. And of course, we know that the Lord addressed his mother from the cross and he said to her, Behold thy son. And then he turns immediately to the apostle John and he said, Behold thy mother. John records that from that hour, from that hour that disciple took her onto his own home. And so it would seem to indicate to us that while the mother of Jesus was there, uh, certainly at the beginning and was there for a time when the Savior was nailed to the tree, it appears that from that hour and from that moment, John took her away. And that's understandable that she couldn't behold that sight anymore. The sword was piercing through her own soul also. But we know that these other women, they remained for the whole time. And we look at the different Gospels and we piece all of the information that we have together. And Luke's Gospel is the one that tells us there that as the Lord was led from Pilate's judgment hall, that there was a great company of people following the Lord. Tells us in Luke 23 and the verse 27, and there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. So in this great company who's following the Lord from Pilate's judgment hall as he's led away to be crucified, there are women amongst that crowd. And the Lord addressed them. Luke 23 would tell us, And he said to them, daughters of Jerusalem. That's how the Lord spoke to those women. He called them, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. The women must have been weeping. And the Lord spoke to them. And he said, weep not for me, but for yourselves and for your children. And the three women who are mentioned in our text of Scripture, they must have been in that company. They must have been there with the great company and the women who are mentioned being in that great company. And the Lord, when he's speaking to the women, that's going to include these three individuals in our text of Scripture. They have followed the Savior from Pilate's judgment hall and they're still there. They're still with him. He's nailed to the tree. They're still present there. And there's an honor placed upon these three women because they're named in our text of Scripture. And they're named here. The Holy Spirit of God includes them in the record of Scripture to put that honor upon them. That honor that's put upon them for their loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ. The first of them named there in our text is Mary Magdalene. Called Magdalene because she was from uh, Magdala. 
And she became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ when the Bible tells us that he cast out of her seven devils or seven demons. The Lord delivered Mary Magdalene. Glance into Mark chapter 16 and the verse 9. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And so here was a woman who was possessed by the devil. She was held in the grip of Satan. And we learned a little bit about that this morning. Held captive by the devil at his will. Unable to break free. But there was a day in the life of Mary Magdalene when the Lord set her free. And the Lord released her from that demon possession. And ever since that day, She became a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even here, when the Lord is being nailed to the tree, she's there at the cross. And as we notice there from Mark 16 and the verse 9, she's there on the resurrection morning as well. And the Savior appeared to her first. The Lord put an honor upon Mary Magdalene. She was one who was faithful to the Lord. The second woman who's mentioned in our text of Scripture is called Mary. But she's Mary, the mother of James the Less and of Joses. She's sometimes referred to in the Gospels as the other Mary. But she has this distinction that she's named here in this text of Scripture, and she's among this faithful band of women. And there's an honor placed upon her. That distinction upon Mary. And then the third lady that's mentioned at the end of verse 40 is Salome. And from comparing uh, parallel verses, it becomes clear that she's the wife of Zebedee. And she's the mother of James and John. Do you remember the request that she made to the Savior? She wanted her sons to sit on either side of the Savior in the glory. And the Lord had to give that gentle rebuke to her. But oh, she was well-intentioned. Wanted the best for her boys spiritually. She's the third woman that's given this distinction of being mentioned in the word of God as being there at the cross of Calvary. The distinction of these women, but notice secondly the devotion of these women. If you're looking at Mark 15 and the verse 41, and just there within the brackets, it's saying of these women who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him. And so they're noted for following the Lord Jesus Christ. The word follow here, as you could imagine, I'm sure, it means to walk the same road. They're walking after the Lord Jesus Christ and they're with him. It speaks of being in union with him. Can two walk together except they be agreed? No. But here they are, and they're following the Lord. In that sense, they have become his disciples. That walk speaks of fellowship with the Lord. Here are these women, and they're being noted here for their devoted following 
of the Lord Jesus Christ there accompanying the Savior. And notice in verse 41 the reference to Galilee. It's saying, when he was in Galilee, they followed him. And they followed him now all the way from Galilee. You can see their dedication and their devotion here to the Savior. They're willing to walk the road with the Lord. That's really what all of God's people are called to do. We're to walk the road with the Lord. We're to follow him. We're to be in fellowship with him. Our focus is to be upon him. We're to accompany the Savior. And not only does the verse 41 tell us that they followed him, but it says, and ministered unto him. And the word ministered there is to do with service. They were serving him. They weren't just following the Lord to see what gain there would be for them or how they could benefit from following the Savior. No, they were following him in order to minister to him and to serve him. The language scholars point out that these two words, followed and ministered, are in the imperfect meaning that it was not a one-off. It wasn't just one day they followed him and one day they ministered to him. No, it is to do with something that took place again and again and again. It was continuous. And so they followed him and they continued to follow him and they ministered to him and they continued to minister to him. Right from Galilee... They follow him to Calvary. They have been observing now all that has taken place. The sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These women are there. They're witnesses to what took place. As they scourged the Savior. They buffeted him and they spat upon him and they mocked him and they scorned him and they nailed him to that tree. They've witnessed it all. They're there. They're devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have heard the cries from the cross. These women here are observers of all that has taken place. We have looked at the darkness that came down for the three hours. These women are there through the hours of darkness. We thought about the veil of the temple that was rent in twain. They're still there. The very ground begins to shake beneath their feet as the earthquake came and the rocks rent. They're still there. You see their devotion? They're there to witness the Declaration from the centurion. Truly, this man was the Son of God. They're there as the Lord Jesus Christ gives up the ghost and lays down his life. And they come from Calvary right to the tomb, the sepulchre, where they laid him. Where we finished our Bible reading in verse 47. References made to at least two of the women here. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph's, beheld where he was led. They've come all the way from Galilee. They've come to Calvary. They've come from Calvary out to the sepulcher. 
Then in the resurrection morning, as you look at Mark 16 and the verse 1, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint them and have come back on the resurrection morning. We have to mark them out for their devotion to the Lord. The devotion that is to be admired. A devotion that is to be commended. And a devotion that we should seek to follow the example of. David Livingstone, the great pioneer missionary, he said, Our religion is not a matter of fits, starts and stops, but an everyday affair. An everyday affair. Though that we would be marked by our faithfulness and by our devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ every day. And here we have these women at Calvary. You have the distinction of these women. They're marked out and they're honored. And then you can see as we look at our text of Scripture that you have in the third place the dignity of these women. Verse 40 tells us here that there were also women looking on afar off. Looking on afar off. We have compared the gospel writers and the first three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all record the fact that the women now stood afar off. John had told us that initially the women were right there beside the cross. They were close enough for the Lord to speak to his mother. And these women were close enough to hear what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. But now, evidently, as you compare Scripture with Scripture, they have moved back and they're observing from what we would say is a safe distance. And they're gathered together. No doubt sorrow has filled their hearts at what they have witnessed. But as I thought about them there and I pictured them in my mind's eye, there they're standing in a dignified manner, grieving. Their hearts are breaking for the Lord Jesus Christ, the one whom they have devotedly followed. But yet they're standing in that dignified way and I say it's a testimony from them to the glory of God. Just there with humility, even though their hearts are breaking, they're still giving glory to the Lord in the very way that they're standing there. In my ministry, I have witnessed those who have gone through great times of sorrow. Those who have lost little ones. Those that have lost those near and dear to them. And you witness those times when their hearts are aching till they almost break. And yet through it all, there is a dignity. There is a quiet trust. There is that faith that comes to the fore, that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And like these women, there's a glory that is given to the Lord even at times of great sorrow. Again, looking at the three Gospels, they all tell us not only that the women stood afar off, but that they were 
observing everything that was taking place. Matthew uses the term beholding. Beholding. We know that beholding, it means to view and to view attentively, uh, to give great attention and great focus, to to look at something uh, so closely they're beholding. Mark uses the words, well, they're in our English Bible is looking on, looking on. But in the original language of the New Testament, that's the exact same word that Matthew records, beholding. And so they're beholding and they're looking on, they're paying close attention. But look, he also uses that uh, similar word. It's translated in our Bible, beholding, but it's a different word in the original and it means to perceive with the mind. And it has to do with an understanding, a discernment, a taking heed and a taking to heart all that's going on before you. So as these women stood afar off, beholding, I say to you again that they did so with great dignity. They conducted themselves with the utmost dignity, observing all that was occurring there. They were taking heed of these things. And even there, when you think of the final verse in our Bible reading, it's telling us again that they, they beheld. Here it's in relation to the tomb uh, where he was laid, but it says uh, that they beheld where he was laid. In Matthew's account in the chapter 27 and the verse 57, we learn that the even was now come. The even was now come whenever Joseph of Arimathea came and he came to crave the body of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the burial and Pilate granted him the body. And so he has taken the body down from the cross. He has wrapped it in linen. He has placed it in the tomb. And in Matthew 27 and the verse 61, and it says, And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulchre. They're still there. It appears by this stage that everyone else is gone. But here we have these women, and they remain there. They're sitting over against the sepulchre. They have been beholding. They have been taking in so attentively all that has been taking place there. And it's now so well into the evening, but they're still there. What faithfulness we see here, and I put it to you again. These women are to be commended. We're to pay tribute to them for their faithfulness to the Lord. They're at Calvary. They're through all the suffering, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And right there to the time when he's placed in the tomb. And even there, they're sitting to keep vigil, as it were. The dignity of these women They're an example to us all. And as we have thought about these women tonight at Calvary, I would simply ask the question as we close, what does Calvary mean to you? You can see how much it meant to these women as they beheld and they perceived 
And they understood. And what does it mean to you tonight? Here we have a loving Savior. And he loves us so much that he's enduring all of that pain. And all of that torture and all of that agony as he pours out his precious blood and he lays down his life and we know that he's dying for sin, for your sin and for my sin. The love of the Lord Jesus Christ as he lays down his life and he's willing to pay the price for our redemption. And he's willing tonight to forgive. He's willing tonight to pardon. He's willing tonight to save. There's one still unconverted. We encourage you tonight in the light of Calvary, and in the light of eternity, that you would give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and that you would follow him with the devotion and with the dignity that these women have exemplified this evening. Let us all learn from these women at Calvary. May the Lord bless his word to each of our hearts.